This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Get a Casper mattress and get a great night's sleep. Try it for 100 nights risk-free. Go to casper.com slash Glenn and use the promo code Glenn. Get $50 towards the purchase of your mattress. Terms and conditions do apply. America and welcome to the program. As a guy who said Donald Trump, he doesn't have any local offices in Florida. He he doesn't have a team on the ground. He how is this possibly going to work? As a guy who said that, let me just say to the rest of the press, will you please stop with this is in disarray. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't have the appointment. He obviously won without doing it the traditional way. I think maybe we should wait and see. After all, only George W. Bush since Nixon had named anyone to his cabinet at this point. He's not far behind. In fact, he's ahead of every other president at this time. What I'm concerned about is how the left is making real critical errors by calling people on the right racist. Yes, racism exists. It does exist. The alt-right is real, and you need to pay attention to that. But that is not who voted for Donald Trump. That is not 99% of the Trump voters. And quite honestly, the media If they don't watch themselves, they're going to make this much, much worse for all of us. Mary Matlin was on uh, uh, this week with George Stephanopoulos and Van Jones talked about white lash. It was not pretty. She's here to talk about it right now. Entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. And by it, I said uh, that race was a part, and there was a part, that alt-right part, there was a part of a white lash. And, and if you listen to the whole quote, you would agree with what I said. So so I don't take that back. I, I did listen. And then you said, good. what do I tell the kids? What and, I would and, tell and, your and kids, I, and, I'm a black man in America who went to Yale, who's and, written books, who served and, and a president, and, and now and has a And I'm a ninth-generation American, ma'am, and I'm the first one in my family born with all my rights. I'm a ninth-generation American. And so we have not escaped because I went to Yale. You should all not the be a racial polemicist. You should be a racial reconciler. You should be say that to me to my face. I've spent more time in this country... Would I say it behind your back would be better? Hold on a second. I've spent more time than you have trying to be a racial reconciler in this country. Really? How do you know that? Do you know anything about me? Well, you apparently don't know anything about me. Yes, I do know. Your daddy, your grandparents were teachers. Your grandfather was a bishop. This is a problem that we have right now. It was ugly, and it went to the break. Uh, ugly and Mary Matlin is uh, with us now. Hi, Mary. How are you? 
Just trying to make America great again. Good morning, yeah. my friend. <laughs> so, Mary, I, I saw this, and, and, you know, Van Jones, who I, I don't trust, I, I know his history, and maybe he has changed, and um, I was quietly watching him, uh, and he took a very conciliatory tone until his side lost. And then the minute it lost, he went right for we're a racist nation. Um, and, right. Uh, and I, right. I was uh, and uh, to me, the proof was in the pudding there, um, because that is a very dangerous place to go now. You know what? I two things got me having spent 40 years doing this. There's a big difference between a clever polemicist and a good analysis analyst van is neither he is so overrated and he's got this perch this cushy perch on a premier cable network and he's spewing this venom which by the way i expected that's really not what i was reacting to what i was reacting to it got me riled up is that when he's on election night he goes what do we tell the kids i said what do you tell the kids god bless america what do i tell my kids who every day are besieged on social media, which is where kids live, saying their mother's a racist, a bigot, a homophobe, a xenophobe, misogynist, a, a planet destroyer. Of course, they know me, and they know none of that's true, but they it's horrible. So I, so I want to say, what do I tell my kids? I'm very... And then the other killer was Katrina saying, you should be ashamed of yourself. That's how I treated my kids who were more logical and less whiny in kindergarten than those two were. It was just so, you know what, I don't even want to go there because it's, it, it goes to where you just started. Let me tell you something about transitions. In 2000, we started our transition out of Dick Cheney's kitchen. We had his ball phone and his daughter's princess phone. Okay, so We had like 20 <laughs> days to do it. Transitions are always like this. And what they're doing is what you alluded to. They have, are still detached. And they, so the question of the day is, how does Donald Trump regain the narrative? He is the narrative. Love him, hate him, vote for him, not vote for him. The narrative is you lost. You lost millions of Americans. You lost the narrative when you gave up on America. So that's what I'm that's what's getting me riled up. They were just back to the same old place after these successive tsunami elections where America was sending a loud and clear message to Washington, not in every jot and tittle of Donald Trump's policies exactly, but certainly in in besiegingly, please pay attention to us. We cannot afford this health care. We cannot afford a life where the cost of everything is going up and the value of everything we've earned and saved is is going down. How could they keep missing this message and, and, and now persisting and going back to the same old, same old? Anybody who disagrees with them is every form of bigot that you can think of. It's, it's you know I, what, I, I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm not I know sure. you don't care about this. I'm going back to football. <laughs> um, I, I will tell you this, Mary. I'm not sure that um, the American people are pushing back on uh, Washington as much as they are pushing back on the narrative from the press. Uh, the, the, you know, when they said we can't 
we can't afford this. They know that the press was the one that pushed this through um, and and helped cover all of the things that logical people were saying, look, this is this can't last. This doesn't make any sense. This this is made to self-destruct within 10 years. We're there. They said that wasn't true. And now they won't even admit that it that it. Wow, we were wrong. And so if if no one ever says, hey, I was wrong, I made a mistake. They just keep piling on the same BS, the same BS. It's not going to end well. Well, it is going to end well because this is a country founded on the virtuous citizen and is revealed that the virtuous citizen still lives. Two points. Forget the, the lying about the policy, as the press has done. What got to people was being ridiculed for their views and being yes. silenced for holding those views yes. by by either by flat-out ridicule, you're racist, or by heavy-handed rules, sticking the IRS and such after him. I was wrong on, on one very, very important thing. I've been complaining about the lack of action from the majorities, the Republican majorities. Well, guess what? While we were all whining about what wussies they were, they passed repeal and replace and reform health care 50 times and through the Senate. So now they're ready to hit the ground running. They know and have identified and have legislation prepared to roll back those executive orders on environmental and labor overreaches. They also know how to do regu- uh, uh, advanced regulatory reform, tax reform, budget reform. They've been doing all that. Well, a lot of us, including me, were flapping our jaws about how much they're not getting done. I have, n- I have not been this excited about the possibility of resetting to get back on the path that led us to the kind of country that we all love and revere than I've ever been, ever. And I mean, I've been doing this since Reagan, since before Reagan. This is wait, really good. Are you saying we to have- me, you, wait, 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 wait. This is, this, is, uh, this is news. Are you saying to me, as somebody who was with Reagan, that you are more excited for the Donald Trump presidency than Ronald Reagan's presidency? No, I'm not. I'm saying I'm excited for the country because the country has filled not only the Congress and the Senate with people who think like you and I do, though they have been silenced, too. Okay, but they still continued their work. We have also filled the state houses and the the gubernatorial mansions and and state legislative chambers with right-thinking people. And I don't mean right-left. I mean constructive, common-sense, practical, outcome-based policymakers. Do you know this president? I know you know this because you talk about it all the time. He decimated the party. He lost 14 senators, 62 House seats. I know. Uh, he lost thousands of legislators across the country in, in combined legislative chambers. That is the path to the future. I'm not saying that, that I'm not making a presidential comparison. I'm making a policy paradigm shift away from what America wasn't, isn't, never was, but was being force-fed to them, and back to where what they really are, which is common sense, constructive, you can call it conservative, libertarian, center right, whatever you want to call it. The point is, does it work? Let's do it. If it doesn't work, let's not do it. You can be a Democrat 
and have that frame of reference. That's what we've done in New Orleans. This is a majority Democrat, and it's a majority-minority city, and we're getting it done. Guess what we're basing, basing on our, our reforms on? Is it working? Okay, let's do it. Is it not working? Then shut it down. That's how, you, that's how we run our families. That's how you run your business, right? What have you, you've been through all sorts of transitions. You've got to go with what works. And, and what, ha, what works in a representative republic is virtuous citizens doing virtuous acts and, on, and using common sense. So that's what I'm excited about. And you know what? No president is, can overcome that, and he can't undermine that. Mary, tell me about the appointments that you have seen. Um, Donald Trump is not an interventionist. He says, you know, he was against the Iraq war. He doesn't want to be fighting all of these. He's, he's alluded that, you know, um, uh, that he's not even a real big fan of NATO, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, and yet he is going between Rudy Giuliani and um, John Bolton. I don't even think those two are the same. But John Bolton, who I'm a fan of, is right. uh, strong in the policies that we have had under the Bush administration. What, uh, how, what, what, what are you learning from his appointments on what Donald Trump is really going to do? Well, most of his appointments are being described or characterized by the same press who calls everybody implicitly that disagrees with them a racist. I like John Bolton. I worked with John Bolton. I published John Bolton's book. I will tell you this, since 9-11, and you know I was in the bunker on 9-11, we have tried, we had to pivot off the previous geopolitical strategy of stability and deterrence and all that to a new paradigm. We're not there yet, but we know the kind of America policing the world not to use the old language. We can't be everywhere. So we have to have a new paradigm, and there's nobody better suited to pursue a paradigm that is predicated on weakness. uh, Weakness invites provocation. Peace through strength. That really is what Bolton is, and that is what Giuliani is, and that does not mean massive, ubiquitous intervention. It means a kind of real politic based on borderless states with asymmetrical warriors. That's a different national security strategy. It's a different uh, security strategy, one that will be easier for us to pursue if we could get our act together, because we're not, we're not, uh, it's not, it won't have to be predicated on energy, since we now don't need the world's energy. We can make our own energy. And we also have information age technology. If we would employ it, harness it with the government in the way that every other sector of the economy has, we're pretty positioned to do that. So I'm not, I like his uh, people that he's talking about so far. And I also, I listened to Steve yesterday, whom I adore. love that man. It really is great. But everybody's wrong about Ryan's previous in the sense that most people who are weighing in on this have not I've worked in a White House. Ryan's previous, Ryan's previous is going to be an Andy card, make the trains work on time, chief of staff. And somebody has to make the trains work on time. So 
Great. Let's go make America great again. It doesn't. It's not about him. It's about us, Glenn. It's about us, Glenn. And can I say go thanks for Keith? <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Mary, thank you so much. Mary Madeline. Um, uh, let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. I just love her. She, she, she listens every day, and I just love her. She's so smart. Um, if Trump nullifies the Iranian deal and sanctions are reimposed, will the Iranian oil sales to Europe stop? And the result be a substantial rise in oil prices. How about the Fed? The Fed says they're going to raise uh, interest rates in December. What about large tariffs on imported goods? What happens to the price of products that you purchase? Already, inflation is running faster than the Fed's target, and that's why they're talking about now maybe we need to rein some of this in. I don't know how they do it. Nobody I know knows how they're going to be able to pull this one off. When times are uncertain, gold always goes through the roof. Um, I don't buy it as an investment. I buy it as something that I will have for generations in my family and hopefully will never have to spend it. I have it as an insurance policy in the case the world goes mad. Well, gee, think about the world in 2005. If I would have described this world, you would say, Glenn, that would be an insane asylum. Well, here we are, guys. 866-GOLDLINE. 1-866-GOLDLINE. Read their important risk information. Find out if gold or silver is right for you. 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. The key to having a great day starts with having a great night's sleep, and I know because I have a Casper mattress. The Casper mattress was invented with two high-tech foams that give you all of the support that you need and guarantee that you get the best night's sleep ever. Time Magazine named Casper mattress one of the best inventions of 2015. Casper ships for free in a box so small you won't believe it holds the actual mattress, making it simple to get from your front door to your bedroom. And you try it for 100 nights risk-free. They'll come and pick it up if you don't love it as much as I love mine, and they'll refund every single dime. Once you try it, you're never going to want to sleep on anything else. Having a great day by having a great night's sleep, casper.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn, $50 off the purchase of your mattress at casper.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Don't forget, $50 off the purchase of your mattress, casper.com slash Glenn. Terms and conditions do apply. The Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the program. I wish we could just... You know, maybe this, maybe it's just our job. Maybe it's just all of our job to just say enough is enough. Um, this, this, you know what problem is? I think the 24 hour news cycle, the 24 hour news cycle that has to fill with something and has to fill with something exciting. Mm-hmm. And so now the way to fill that time, I think, is just with chaos, turmoil. Yeah, I mean, you really look at the the Trump stories. I was, I just swore, I've sworn off the Donald Trump's transition is in turmoil stories. Yeah, 
it's going to be figured out. You know, we we uh, did we mention this? The uh, Ari Fleischer tweeted this. Um, he was obviously worked on the transition for with Bush, um, and it, they went back and looked at how long it took for different administrations to appoint all these these roles. Yeah. And you know, everyone's freaking out. How come he's not enlisting these guys? This is turmoil. Everyone's getting fired. No president out of the five previous to Bush had named anyone until at least week five, with the exception of George H.W. Bush, who named a few. But, I mean, almost everybody waited for a month or more before they started naming these major appointments. Now everyone's freaking out that he hasn't named everybody in three days. I mean, give the guy some time. I mean, you know. How about this one? How about this one? Is anybody in CNN, anybody ABC, NBC, CBS, anybody talking about the disarray the Democrats are in? I mean... No, they never do. They never do. Never Where, do. What are the Democrats doing right now? The Democrats don't know what to do. Right. They, they were taken completely by surprise, and they lost the House and the Senate and the White House. They sh- they're the ones who should be w- wondering how they're going to win a national election. Right. Who do they yeah. have? Right. They've got nobody that anybody cares about. Yeah. What, what, is the, what is their big plan? Yeah. And they're not talking about this, and it... It's frustrating. You know what Anderson Cooper said to me last night? Anderson said, um, Glenn, you know, I just turned on TV the other day and he said, I saw a psychiatrist on television talking about how do we get past this national grief of losing the election? Oh, yeah, They've opened up at universities. Yeah. He said, he said, I don't remember anybody on television doing that in 2008. No, they sure didn't. But the good news is Anderson Cooper recognized it. Yeah, that's great. I mean, there there are some that are awake going, wait a minute, guys. You know, I think I'm figuring things out here. That's Maybe great. the American people are right about the media. You know? Yeah. Maybe the American people are right. Maybe we don't look at the center of the country. We just see everything from our own little bubble. Back in a minute. I know we started Christmas a little bit early, but uh, I needed it. I needed it. I had the tree up. We already have the tree up in the house. We don't have it decorated. We're decorating this weekend, but I, I put the tree up. So you're not even pretending Thanksgiving is coming. <laughs> no, we're going to celebrate pretend. Thanksgiving around the tree. Okay. I will not put the elf on the shelf yet. I draw the line at the elf of the shelf. Oh well, yeah. I mean, he's you know, plus he's got a certain work period. He's not yeah. going to go over that. You don't want to get into yeah. overtime. The unions, it's going to be an issue. It's, it, oh, it is. Elf Those elf unions, man. It's rough. They're rough. And I don't have the heart to tell him that your pension is gone. I mean, it's going to be lost in the stock market. <laughs> oh, totally. Crash, so yeah. everything that Santa has promised you is gone. I saw more uh, houses with Christmas lights on last night driving home than no. I have seen this early, I think, ever in my life. I don't think we're alone. Yeah, we need a, so, we need a little Christmas yeah. right this very minute. 
Thank you, Pat. Plus, I, I think everybody's inspired by the supermoon, which is really cool. That is pretty cool. I, you know what? I don't know if you're joking or not, but I think it is really cool. It is really cool. Yeah. I, I saw it. I couldn't, the, the other night, I'm like, look at the moon. <laughs> what? It's why like are, 40 feet from wait, Texas. Why are you sounding like Jimmy Stewart? I sure did. I thought that's where he was going. I was going. Going. like, what? I thought Jimmy that's where he was going. Like, oh. look, look, look at the moon. <laughs> Throw a lasso around it and pull it in. Sitting right there on top <laughs> of it. It was close enough to do that. <laughs> the other night. <laughs> uh, did you see the battle between uh, Maria Bartiromo and uh, Jonathan Gruber? The, oh, that was satisfying. Uh, very satisfying. Mm-hmm. Somebody finally challenged this guy in a way oh, that so I it, never see him challenged. If you don't remember, he's the guy who um, was the architect of Obamacare. Mm-hmm. It, it was made to fail. He he pushed it through. He lied about it and then was caught on tape saying, yeah, the American people are so stupid and that worked to our political advantage. Now, here's the interview yesterday on uh, Fox Business. And the fact is, is one of the reasons that economic growth is as low as it is, is because businesses are not hiring workers and not doing activity because of the cost of Obamacare. True. That's a fact. Yes. Do you dispute, fact, you're, do you're you dispute economic stop, growth? Stop, stop, do you stop, dispute? Stop. That is absolutely true. Yeah. If your, if your, um, uh, what do you call it? Deductible or your, not your deductible, your copay your insurance went up 25 to 75%. The business has that as well. Right. I mean, and it probably went up more for your employer than it did the, for you. The, the insurance that we used to have isn't even available anymore. It's not even available anymore. When I told the insurance companies, okay, well, you got to find was some. such great insurance. It was great insurance. Great insurance. Now it's but, gone. Who suffers? Who suffers? We do. The people that were working hard and had good insurance, I can no longer even buy it. Not that I can't afford to buy it. I can't buy it. It's not available. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. So now I can't buy that insurance. When I said, these are the parameters I want to hit, the computer system that they have to look for these insurance programs, they wouldn't even take my parameters. (laughs) They won't even take, you know, uh, no uh, co-payment or no deductible or they won't even take the parameters that we asked for. So I'm being forced to offer things that I don't want. And and what I want is something better. I'm being forced as an employer. And our our employment uh, insurance went up 75%. And it's been that almost every year. Yeah. I, I mean, I, so who can afford? I can't hire anybody new. I'm paying for new insurance, and even if I had the money to pay for their salary, I don't have a. I don't have the money to pay for their insurance. And that's costing jobs. Costing jobs. Economic growth. Ten economic years growth after the financial the crisis. Economic growth is the rapidest it's been in eight years. Okay, economic <laughs> growth. We're coming out of a recession. Wait, what? What, what? What a terrible statement yeah. that is. Yeah. 
So it's been slow the whole time, and it's only speeding up a little bit now? Yeah. You're, you can't even go into nine years where we were going into the no. recession. Right. Yeah, Sebastian, eight years. Pretty bad. And Obamacare is irrelevant to economic growth. Please. Oh there is no evidence at all. You are making a totally non-facts-based <laughs> argument. There is no evidence at all that Obamacare has anything to do with economic Jonathan. growth. Wait, hold on. Real quick on that. First of all, you could tell that they're losing this argument because they absolutely were saying it was going to help economic yes. growth when they were trying to pass it. Yes. They kept saying over and over again what a wonderful thing this would be because all these people who kept getting wiped out by loss, no insurance, it, would, it, was, going to, it was going to make the economy rage if you when remember they were selling it to us. Nancy Pelosi's claim of 400,000 jobs immediately and I believe 4 million eventually. Yeah. Within 10 years. Remember that? Wow. Yeah. And yeah, that's right. And, and, yeah. and now it has nothing to do with economic growth. Right. That's how far they've moved on this. Of course. Yeah. Four um, million jobs to zero. And by the way, this isn't, he's not doing this on, you know, Good Morning America. He's doing this on a business channel. Yeah. So he's trying to sell this lie to people who watch who are on Wall Street, people who watch who are on business, who run businesses, and they're like, this guy doesn't even know what he's even talking about. Obama it's very hard. Effect. It's very hard to uh, believe you after what you said when this law first came out that Americans are stupid and that you needed a stupid public to get this law through. In fact, let's roll that bite. Listen to this, Jonathan. Here's what you said a few years ago. Lack of transparency is a huge political advantage, and basically, you know, call it the stupidity of the American voter or whatever. But basically, that was really, really critical to get the thing to pass. So we're stupid, and that's why you were able to pass this, this legislation through. Maria, I deeply regret those comments, which are you taking out of comment, out of context. Okay, okay, stop, okay, stop, 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 stop. I deeply regret those comments. Okay, but, but wait, do you deeply regret saying it? Or, and, and do you still believe that? Because you said that their stupidity was critical in passing it. So that implies that's something you guys talked about. You talked about, hey, we can play off of that. Yeah, what he's, what he's deeply sorry for is that he got caught, caught saying that. He got, got caught, caught saying, saying it, and of course he means it. Even if he's sorry about it, that doesn't mean he didn't mean it. That's how they got it passed. Correct. Say it. What is out of context about what you said? What is out of context is that I was at an academic conference. Conjecture. There's another one. I am so tired of the academic argument. Right. I'm sorry. But unless the conference was, let's think of all of the outrageous things that we could do to get things passed that are wrong, I don't understand the academic conference bullcrap. They they, They use it all the time. Yeah, they think that just because they say it in an academic setting that that anything could be said. Well, we know that's not true because it's the academic settings that are giving us safe zones. (laughs) So you can't say just anything. You have to be very careful what you say in an academic setting about something I shouldn't have been conjecturing about. I made a mistake. I shouldn't have said that. Okay. That's absolutely true. That doesn't excuse your denying true facts. He never denies that that's how they felt. It's just the fact that he said it at all, and and now we know. And the true facts are that they said that it would create 400,000 jobs. Immediately. And now he says it has nothing to do with job creation. Well, I guess you're back to... The Americans are stupid. 
Mm-hmm. And if the Americans are stupid and uninformed, they'll believe whatever they're told. <laughs> I mean, I got to say, uh, as, as much as I think Gruber is a bad guy, are these points bad points? If the if American public was informed about what Obamacare was and actually did the research on it, they wouldn't have elected Obama in the first place and they wouldn't have the law. I, I mean, I would he like is to. right that he was able to slam that through because the American people were not calling him out on it. We were here on talk radio. There are many people who did do it, but the overwhelming majority of people just believed they'd be able to keep their doctor. They just believed they were going to get $2,000 off their insurance. They just believed everyone was going to be covered. They just believed it. And because they believed it, it was easy for them to get it passed. They didn't have any opposition other than the crazy right wing, who, by the way, was right on all of it. It's not the American people. I really don't believe. I mean, yes, we all have responsibility. Large swaths of it, though. Yes. I mean, you're right. Not everybody. But wait. We also have a press that, you know, the press, if they wanted to know what happened, they would be doing this interview and say, look, you guys said everybody's going to get twenty five hundred bucks. Everybody's going to get it, that the cost would go down, that that jobs would be created. Now, those are the facts. And here's the audio clip of you saying those things. They're still not doing that. Right. They didn't happen. Do you know why the Democrats lost? Because of us, us in the press. We didn't do our job when we heard those. We heard the other side. What did we do? For you, we demonized the other side as crackpot haters. Now it's turned out that those crackpot haters were telling the truth or at least got it right. And you didn't. So I just want to come back to you and and hear exactly, give me something that makes sense, because what you just said to uh, Maria Bartolomo doesn't make any sense. Help me out on that. But the press won't do that. The press won't do that. The press, if they are going to, they, they are critical in helping us restore the country. They are critical. But unless they stop having a psychologist on telling people, how they're going to deal with the loss of the presidency. They didn't do that for the other side of America. Unless they, unless they start looking at facts. No, I, I couldn't take the, the, the stories last night about Rudy Giuliani. How Rudy Giuliani um, has all of these business deals as a, uh, as a lawyer. His law firm has all kinds of business deals in countries all around the world. And how are you going to, how is he going to get away with that? Because he has business interests in all the other, all the other parts of the world. Mm. Somebody said, well, Hillary Clinton, well, yeah, but Hillary Clinton was raising funds for starving people in Africa. If you really think you can make the case against Rudy Giuliani for having a lawyer business relationship with people around the world, but you are still standing by that the Clinton Foundation is totally clean, I, I don't know what to say. I, I don't know what to say. You, you, you're never going to help us recover. If you can't say, wait a minute, Hillary Clinton, one of the reasons why we lost is Hillary Clinton was one of the most corrupt people the country has ever run. From Bernie, from uh, uh, what's his name, uh, the guy who was stuffing... St- is uh, documents in his underpants. Sandy Burger. Sandy Burglar from Sandy Burger all the way to the Clinton Foundation 
to Benghazi and everything else. You, have you spent any time on that? Because the rest, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, all those places, Pennsylvania, all those places you used to tell us, these are the bellwether states. What are these people really feeling? These people are feeling that George Bush was wildly out of touch. Now they're saying those bellwether people are just racists. Stop it. Those bellwether people have common sense. Like you said, I mean, there might be some crumbs of self-awareness, like with, uh, with uh, Anderson Cooper last night. Anderson Cooper last night. I think there are uh, crumbs Bill of Bill Maher, it. the last weekend. Yes. I think the New York Times is showing, at least the editor yeah. is showing signs. He has come out and said, we have to find out the rest of the country. We have to reflect the rest of the country, and not just this New York-centric point of More view. More of them come around, well, we might be okay. We've mentioned Selena Zito a few times with her comment of what, the way she covered it. She's been a great reporter for a really long time. She's with CNN but, now. Yeah, but yeah, she's, I mean, everybody loves her all of a sudden, yeah. which is great. I mean, because she was always great, uh, you know, and, you know, she's always had success, but it's like now she's she's got CNN, she's got multiple uh, places are they putting her are, on because she actually took the time to talk to people on the ground and understand who the voters were. They are reaching out. Let's not bite their hand. They are reaching out. Now, some are going to reach out and they're going to try to they're going to try to sabotage and ridicule and everything else. Well, we just know then who we're dealing with. But there are those who are trying to figure it out. Let's instead of expecting them to get it right now, let's help them get it. Let's help them get it. Because without them, we're not coming back together. Goldline was our sponsor last half hour. This half hour is uh, ZipRecruiter. The company you keep defines your company. Who you hire determines how successful your company will be overall. If you find the right job candidates, you're going to be able to pull off the things that you need to do. If you find the wrong ones or you settle, it's not going to work. ZipRecruiter will help you find those people. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post on 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. You can find the candidates in any city, any industry, nationwide. You post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. You just screen the candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. It's ZipRecruiter, used by over 1 million businesses, including ours. Right now, you can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This. This. Is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Eight 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 seven two seven Beck. Oh, 
Anybody, anybody see the amazing story in the press last night about how angry they were? It was unbelievable. That they didn't, that Donald Trump did not tell them that he was going out to dinner. And they had a conniption. Oh, Donald Trump nuts. went out to dinner without telling us where he was. Trump he's got he's to learn he's the president now. Oh, it's none of your business that he went out to dinner. Protocol, protocol. That's nuts. You don't have to know everything that he does. He wants to take his family out to dinner. Let him go to dinner. Yeah. The Glenn Beck Program.